How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be with you. It's an honor for me too. So guys, I'm super excited because today, as you know, I'm your host, Dr. Patrice Carter, the coach's coach, and this is the Breakpoint Coaching Podcast. And I have an amazing guest today, Carmen McLean, the author of Chosen Daughters and also a phenomenal realtor with Price Residential Group. And she is joining us today um, so that we can have a really power-packed conversation and speak on how you as a life coach, either a brand new life coach, a wannabe life coach, or an OG life coach can claim your role as God's chosen daughter. And she wants you guys to know that God can use you and that it doesn't matter what happened in your past. And also that you can move forward and press forward to become whole and influential in your own life. And I know that um, I won't say I know, but some people listening could be like, well, I already got that master. But I promise you, whenever you begin to do anything to the glory of God, he'll show you what's in there and what needs to come up, be pruned, plucked up, um, dealt with, etc. <laughs> so I just know that this is going to be a powerful conversation for those that will listen. And so we're going to have a quick word of prayer. And um, Carmen, do you want to pray or do you want me to pray? Go ahead. You are powerful, girl. Okay, well, you close us out. Is that is that a deal? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we come before you just to say thank you. And God, we come to praise you and to shout hallelujah. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us because he allows us to enter into this gate with thanksgiving. And God, because of that um, his salvation and his blood, we can come into your court and shout hallelujah and praise. And Father, right now we ask that you would forgive us for every sin and word, thought and deed. Jesus, we lift you high and we praise you. We thank you. We exalt you. We honor you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your blood that covers us now. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. We honor you. We intentionally invite you into this conversation. Would you intercede before the throne of God on behalf of me and my sister? Would you intercede on behalf of those who are listening or who will listen? And would you just seek God's face for us? Would you bless our conversation to be full of grace and seasoned with salt? Father, let the angels hold this technology according to Psalm 91. You said you have given them charge over us to keep us in all of our ways and to bear us up in their hands, lest our foot dash upon a stone. We thank you for heaven's assistance, Father. And right now, I just ask that you bless uh, Carmen, God, that you touch her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet and that you let fresh anointing fall because she really does have a powerful message for us. And we thank you that you've given her chosen daughters, God, because she's a chosen daughter. And we thank you for all that our um, ears will hear. We thank you for those who will hear in the future. And we prophesy their total and complete deliverance, breakthrough, healing, and elevation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, sis, tell us about this book, Chosen Daughters. I know we're going to like get into like the juicy details and help our listeners, but tell us about Chosen Daughters. When did you publish it? What is it about? Give us all the details. <laughs> <laughs> Chosen Daughters was given to me around two years ago, and uh, it's actually Chosen Daughters, You Were Never Fatherless. Mm. It came from not having a father, um, and that's something I didn't think I was going to write about. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't grow up saying I want to write about this, but um, this was my connection with God, and this will be our for forever connection uh, together, so I am so happy about it, but yes. I grew up fatherless. I have six brothers. I'm the only girl. And my mother was powerful 
Um, but yes, my I didn't have a father growing up. So wow. he didn't leave took on that role for me and I'm so grateful for him I'm so I'm so in love with him for doing that isn't he an awesome daddy yes he is God is an amazing I call him daddy yes amen amen well thank you for sharing that and thank you for coming back for all of us um all of those women that didn't have fathers either and that may not know still the love of a father in the place and in the face of Jesus Christ so Thank you for that. So I know that we're going to get right into it because you have a lot to share with us tonight. And we're just going to talk about again. Um, Guys, I encourage you to get some paper and a pen and put this on heavy rotation. But one of the first things we wanted to talk about as we begin to help coaches claim their role as God's chosen daughter, regardless of their past, and that they can move forward and become wholly influential in their own lives is they first have to stop going in circles, right? Yes. <laughs> so tell us about going in circles, y'all. Going in circles. Every time I say that out loud, I think about that song. You got me going in circles. <laughs> like, I rebuke myself. <laughs> but that tickles me. But it's so frustrating when you go in circles. So I know that's the first chapter in the book. So tell us, what, what does that mean to go in circles? Okay, I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Like Okay. The first paragraph. Lord, okay. week. Lord, this week, this month, this year, I truly would make a big change. I will leave my old thinking and take the high road. I will not revert to my past. This is a year for you and me, God. I will stand firm in your word. I will not go back to an empty heart. My goal would not to, my goal would not be to please man, but to please you. Amen. Right. So that means that, you know, sometimes like you said before, it doesn't matter where we are. We, we could be mature in Christ, but God will show us as we grow in him, we still need to um, look at some places that's going to help us more as we go higher in him. And sometimes we can go back to our old thinking, thinking that we're not good enough, we're mm-hmm. not good enough to uh, write another book not good enough to open another business, not good enough for the man that he's sending us. Mm-hmm. So I go with that. That is so good. You know, you talked about going in circles. I thought back to my own life when I was single and just jammed up. And I just was like, one day I said, God, I'm so sick of looking at, at looking at the same fence post. Like Jesus, like how many times <laughs> am I going to pass this same fence post or even the children of Israel, how they walk, they wandered for 40 years on an 11 day journey. Right. Talk right. about going in circles. Yes. Cause we can, we can continue to do it and we slip up and sometimes we slip up by hanging with some, the old crew, right? Mm-hmm depends on what place we're in if we're depressed and you know for us like hanging with the old crew or you know working with people you know sometimes we start talking like they're talking and mm-hmm. then we're the house and we're like god I didn't mean to say that or I shouldn't have said that but we we start talking like they are talking and we shouldn't do that you know that's so powerful because when you said that what I saw in the spirit is not only going in circles like literally walking in a circle and doing the same thing over and over again, but also going in circles in the form of people in those circles that we find ourselves in. And every circle is not a healthy place. It's not. We have to know our place. Every mm-hmm. we have to know our place and who we are so we won't get entangled. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage well why is this important now like what makes I know we're, we're going to talk about this in a later chapter that Esther 414 scripture for such a time as this I know that it's like your one of your favorite chapters uh, one of your favorite scriptures yes. but why is this important now why is God's chosen daughters um, you were never fatherless a, a right now word it's the right now word because again, we can't get lost in this world. And it's so easy right now to get lost with so much that's going on. So in order to claim this role, we need to we need to stand firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need God results right now. Amen. That, yes, we need God results. Everybody, anybody can get results, but right now we need God results. We need big changes. In- and so I think it's, it's very, very important that we stand ground as a woman and um, as a chosen daughter. And, and we're, we're God's secret weapons. So, yes. Yeah. So we're powerful right now. We need to stay powerful. Amen. And so, you know, that's a really good segue into our next topic. Um, but I was talking to my husband yesterday and, and this, you know, Dalton, shout out to um, Dalton Carter. It's the love of my life. And he was saying, you know, Teresa, I really want you to pray for me because as it relates to some things that God has him doing, has us doing in our marketplace ministry, he's like, I feel like I'm striving and I really need to know what is God's specific vision. Because if I know that, then I, that gives me an anchor point and a marker. And so when you were just talking, it just reminded me of that conversation that we have to be about God's business. We want to see God's results. And in order to see God's results, we have to stay in that circle and that relationship with God and do godly things. Yes. Always stay connected to him. Yes. And he will, mm-hmm. and he will lead us. Amen. And so then I don't want to give away the topic because you're so much better at talking about your, you know, talking about the topics that are important and critical. But tell us about this next chapter, because going in circles could lead us into this place. <laughs> <laughs> So chapter two, or up under that, I have um, her prison. Mm. And so that talks a little bit about having that, again, having that same mindset and not going forward. Um, And that's important, too, because if we stay in prison, that means we're not locking the next woman hopes and deliverance right mm-hmm. um and we and we continue to make cycles even down to if we're having children we continue to we continue to continue to pass that down to other to our kids wow and so you said something really key and that's mindsets that's something god has really been just kind of resonating in my spirit is just mindsetting like basically shifting my mindset shifting how i think so what are some of those mindsets that you found or that maybe even God spoke with you about as you were writing this chapter and giving birth to this particular chapter? Um, not the whole book. Um, I had to fast. Mm. As I couldn't do it on my own. And anything you're doing for God, you shouldn't do it in your, you know, on your own. Mm-hmm. The whole time I had to fast because it continued. Every time, every time it was time to write a chapter, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But the scripture says, what? Not by my might nor power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I had to continue to fast. So I so I wouldn't say to myself that I wasn't good enough to write a book 
or mm-hmm. I haven't seen nobody in my family write a book. Or I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, I don't know who I can go to uh, to finish this book or to even help me write the book. Mm-hmm. And so then what I hear you saying then is in that mindset around doing what God has called us to do, being who God called us to be. We have to be holy. We have to fast. We have to be focused. We have to know we can't do it on our own. Yes. And, and, mm-hmm. and discipline for it. Very disciplined for it. Mm-hmm. And I stay connected. If that meant waking up in the morning and spending time with him so I can actually hear him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I uh, received my title for my book, Chosen Daughters, You Were Never Fatherless. You know, I didn't make that up. That was something that was given to me because I sat with him in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that partnership with God also and that yeah. relationship. Yes, it's extremely important. That's good. And I know in our, um, as we were preparing for this conversation today, another thing that we talked about under her prison were insecurities and flaws. So can you talk about what are some of those insecurities and flaws that people might find as they, um, or experience, or maybe not experience, but um, resonate with or might encounter as they start to do the work of going through this book? Um, again, is is flaws and uh, not thinking you're good enough, mm-hmm. you know, and and you are, but again, you have to stay connected to him for him to give you that compliment, that confidence that you need, um, to go further in life and to move as accordingly as he wants you to move. Amen. And so, in that, are there any practical things that God had you do to build that God confidence in addition to waking up and meeting with him in prayer and fasting? No, it was nothing else. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just the fast that he chose for me. And it's crazy because before I wrote the book, I was looking for a book to read. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to see how I should start my book and the subtitles and how I should write. And I came across, uh, I think her name is Michelle McLean, mm-hmm. um, and her book was Esther. Mm-hmm. So that was my chosen fast throughout the whole book. And that's yeah. what I did. I fast throughout the whole book. So guys, what Carmen is saying is that God is enough. Yes, he is enough. Yeah, he is. And so the next chapter, I know um, I love this, and I can't wait to hear you kind of share with us more Um about this is thorns in her garden. So the next chapter, let me see. Um, it's actually set apart. Oh, set apart. Okay. Yes. So set apart um, from the time is, I, lo- I love this because he showed me when I was a little girl that I was set apart. Mm. Um, and he would show others also. Wow. In my book, I go along with saying that when I was a little girl, I was looking for, well, not a little girl, when I when I got older, I was looking for a job. I had just finished high school, and I, I was looking for a job, and the lady was like, well, you can't work here. And I was like, why not? I just need a job. And she was like, one day you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, and throughout my life, he had shown me that I was set apart, even now at my full-time job. Um the type of money I make, I don't have a degree. Mm. Um, also, 
places that he have chose for me to go, you know, that I didn't, I didn't have to have a degree and nobody didn't have to know my name. He made it happen. That's beautiful. Yes, it reminds me of that scripture, your gift will make room for you and place you before great men. Yes, that's now, what it reminds me of too. Now, did you know then that you had that level of favor or that you were set apart or is this a revelation you came to later? Later. Okay. Later about it. As I was growing up, I was just completely like, why is this happening to me? You know, even mm-hmm. I was working in a factory and, uh, the, the, you know, with some foreigners that came in and they was taking pictures. And I was like, why are they taking pictures of me? Mm-hmm. It's little small things I remember that mm-hmm. kept, uh, I kept bumping up against in my hometown. I'm from Sanford, North Carolina. If you know that, that's a small town. Mm-hmm. Kept little things I kept bumping up against. And I was like, God, what is wrong? What is wrong? And then he finally uprooted me out of Sanford. And then I started seeing the bigger picture. So there wasn't anything wrong. No, it wasn't nothing wrong. No. Mm-mm. It was that you were set apart and to do amazing things and be amazing. Is that what it was or something else? So I just had to see it and to be like you said, yes, be amazing. So if you're from a small town, it's kind of hard to see the bigger picture. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you can't, and you can't see nothing but what's in front of you. But when you open up to a bigger town, you start seeing possibility, start seeing bigger possibilities and mm-hmm. you start meeting people that are now amazing. Mm, so that's a powerful word because that's like you're saying well what I take from what you're saying what's resonating with me is that God will set you apart in a bigger place to let you see the bigger destiny and the bigger picture and just the breadth of who you are is that right yes yes it makes it makes me think about Abraham when he called Abraham and he said get thee to a far off country that you have not known and you know and then he gave him the covenant you know of um, the Abrahamic covenant And, you know, so thank God you were obedient to that. And so somebody listening, if you're from a small town or or you just feel small, recognizing that you are great in God and that he may be taking you to a place or he will take you to a place where you can actually see the expanse of who you are. That is my prayer for people listening. They will have that same amazing revelation so they can have the fullness of what God has for them. But also being unsettled too, my whole time. Mm. And I was in Sanford. I was so unsettled. Mm-hmm. You know, in my heart, I, I knew something was bigger. I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted this. I knew I wanted that. But mm. you know, when I allow him or, you know, when he stepped in, you know, he made it happen for me. So That's if good. anybody's out there and they feel unsettled, just know God is working on you and he's working through you. Just give him time to do it. That is so good. So what's our next topic of discussion? What's our next chapter? This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter three is thorns in her garden. Mm. Let me get to it. So I talked about, oh my gosh, this is, it's, I'm not perfect guys. (laughs) So thorns in her garden will slow down. Don't be so anxious. And um, that is, that is basically talking about waiting for God um, and the what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, when I was working uh, full time at one job and I was like, God, I know I don't supposed to be here. What's going on? You know, can you help me out? Can you show something else? <laughs> show me something else, God. Because I know this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it, right? And all along. 
long he was teaching me how to be mature on the job. So, mm. you know, slow down. Wait for him, even when it comes to a husband. Wait for him because he see areas that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And then the, and the what ifs, when I go into speaking about that, what if I was married? What if I wasn't married? What if I had more kids? What if I did, you know, if I didn't have kids? Um slow down where you supposed to be right now is where you supposed to be especially if you're under under god's uh word and you under his wings you are right there where he's supposed to be you're not you're not lacking you're not out of place uh you're right there where you're supposed to be that's good because sometimes we can miss our now season wishing hoping praying looking for striving for the next season and not recognizing that the now prepares us for next Yes, and that's that present is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Go outside of the present. That's that means we're going back to the past, and sometimes, and a lot of times, the past is showing us that we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But what we gain in the present is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we can look to the future too, but right now, God is talking. You, you, you I continue to ask God, "What do I need right now, God? What mm. do, you need to do in this season right now?" That's so good. What do I need right now, God? And it's true because I think about this job I have. I hated that job. I, I quit every day mentally. Some days I wrote a resignation letter. God would not let me send the people that let a child until he released me. But I, he said, I'm not releasing because, and it was, when I tell you hell on earth on that job, and God said, I'm using them to sharpen you and prepare you for where you're going. Because where you're going, you can't keep backing down. You can't keep quitting. You can't be afraid of man. Um, And you have to be. So I was not managed. Like I was literally in a position where I managed like a $2.9 million program. But my bosses were like six hours away. They were not on the ground with me. And so I had to show up every day and run this like national and international program on the ground by myself with them being out, you know, out of state. And that taught me faithfulness and integrity. And so, you know, there are a lot of people that are going to listen to this, and I know they're going to really resonate with what you've shared in that sense of, um, you know, the waiting and the importance of the now season um, the, for such a time as this season. And you say, God, what do I need to do today? Mm-hmm. Because today prepares us for tomorrow. It really does. It does. And another mm. thing I want to add to that is I talked about guarding your heart. Mm. Um, and that means that if we don't have the right heart, we're not going to be able to receive from God mm-hmm. and we can't let anything flow through our hearts. Right. Can you talk more about that or maybe give some examples? Oh, again, um, meeting people mm-hmm. and thinking we knowing them, you know, right, right there and then. You know, mm-hmm. I, I struggled with that for so long. You know, I can yeah. meet a woman and, I, and, you know, I just take on her and all her burdens, you know, and then it turns out that she wasn't right. You know, her spirit wasn't right. And it wasn't for me to be her friend. It was for me to lead her to Christ. Mm. Um, again, a man saying, oh, he's the one, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if I had a dollar for that fence post. <laughs> the one and, and he's not the one mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we, it won't go never be the one <laughs> <laughs> at all ever <laughs> that's 99 percent of them jesus um, but yes 
taking on them and then we take on their spirit, right? When we get entangled with them and we take on, we take on years. Yes. Um, when it, it, it wasn't even supposed to be a day, Jesus. right? You preaching oh, that. Yeah. We take on years and now God has to, he has to wipe, he has to wipe those years away. And, and that can take a long time and that sets us back. And we wonder why we're not farther than where we're supposed to be. Cause we didn't took on five years with a man. Now God has to uncover all of those perks and burdens, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, you are preaching sister. When I look back as I was writing my book and I look back at the time, that I had spent on men that were never going to be my husband and are not my husband. Carmen, it was seven men, 21 years. I'm sorry. No, it was three men, seven years at a time, 21 years. Wow. That was 21 years. That's almost, I mean, that's a quarter of a lifetime. It is. And so, and for some women it's longer. And it was such a regret. Like, I, I struggle with that regret. Like, oh, my God, that regret is crushing. Um, and one day God said, I'm redeeming the time. Thank God for his grace and mercy because he didn't have to give me the time back. He didn't. And, and he didn't have to let you keep your youth. I have no. seen people who look older than what they're supposed to be. Thank right? you. But Thank he you. let us keep our youth also. Mm-hmm. To God be the glory. Yes. Amen. And so... So, so far, guys, we've talked about going in circles, her prison, um, being set apart, thorns in her garden. So what's next? Chapter four is let God plant you. Mm. Yes. And I love this because this is where we get our foundation from. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my uh, granny, she's dead. But I remember I used to look out the window and she used to plant her vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. And and when she came in the house, it was so fresh, and um, I was so ready to eat them, but she had me wait. <laughs> well, it was Sunday dinner, but um, she planted her garden, and she took care of it, right? And God wants to do the same for us. Mm. Plan us where we're, not, where we're not going outside looking for different things uh, to complete us. That's beautiful. And soil is so important to a plant. You know, whether that plant lives or dies is dependent really upon the soil nutrients and then the environment that it's in. And it's the truth. It's the truth Mm -hmm. light that we're getting from him. Um, We need his word to grow. Mm -hmm. We need his faith to grow. We need his prayer to go. We need his guidance. These are all the things we need in order to be uh, a woman, in order to be a chosen daughter uh, when God plants us, he plants us in the truth. And this way, and this way we're not taken off course by any means. Amen. And so, you know, you're talking about a daughter and, um, you know, so does your book speak about um, that being a daughter in one of the next chapter? I think it's you share with us. Um, chapter five is a mother's love for her daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother has, uh, thank God for my mother. Her name is Lily McLean. And my mother has so much faith, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, it, it's so funny because my daughter, um, the other day, she just broke in the room and I was praying. And it just, uh, I recall doing that to my mother. And I see why now, because I took her through pure hell. But <laughs> <laughs> and you were so cute. I've seen your little pictures on Instagram. You and you, I was like, she was so cute because you're beautiful now, but your little face is still the same. 
happened? She stayed on her knees praying. And that's the heart. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, God, I know why now. But um, thinking back to it, you know, my mother had her own problems. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so she wasn't able to raise me as a woman because mm-hmm. um, she was still raising herself as a woman and her uh, going through her abusive relationships. Um, so I say um, that my mama prayed over me while God grew me to be a woman. And he did mm. that. He did exactly. And that's what I asked for. You know, that's what I prayed for. He did a beautiful job. And so did mommy. Thank you. Yes, he did a beautiful job. I love it. And so you could really say that you're instrumental in helping grow mommy's face. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the roots go deep. <laughs> My mother, I had the same testimony from my mom. I know you know my sister, um, Pastor Garlanda Price, because mommy was like, my, she told my husband, she said, these girls tried to kill us. So I totally can relate to that. <laughs> and so what's the next level, the next place of wisdom that you share with us out of your book? Who needs a mentor? Mm. Yes, that is so powerful because sometimes <laughs> I know back uh, when I first started, when I first moved to Raleigh, I was looking for a mentor because that was the thing in yeah. Raleigh, Carolina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so established. And I kept running into different women. And I was like, I want you to be my coach. I want you to be my mentor. And and it wasn't connected. And mm-hmm. it, it would start for a week and then it would fall off. And I was like, God, why can't, why can't, what is going on, God? Why you won't, why you won't keep us together? But the whole time he was saying, I'm here. You don't need anyone else. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need it, you know, later on in life. I'm saying he wants to be your mentor first. Yes. And when the mentor comes, you'll know if they're telling the truth or not. And you'll keep them in their position too. And you know if you're supposed to be connected or not, if it's mm-hmm. a connection, right? Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying here is let God be your mentor first. It's let so him, true. Let him speak over your life first. Amen. Hmm. That's beautiful. It's so true because I think about um, even with your favorite scripture, um, well, I'm assuming it's your favorite, but I know it's one of your favorites, Esther 414, mm-hmm. where Mordecai is te- speaking to Esther and he says, how do you know what Mordecai, we know was her uncle or her cousin by marriage, but he was like a mentor to her. But she, when she right. fasted and prayed, God was the one who gave her that emboldenedness. He gave her that confidence. He gave her that equipping and that ability to go before Xerxes, you know? And so I remember when I used to want a, a mentor like you so bad and the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm your mentor. Right. And, and if in season I raise one up, I'll raise one up, but they'll be in season. And they may only be for that season. And like you said, you'll have the wisdom of who that person is. But for me, I was bad about putting people on a pedestal. I was. So, yeah. So God was like, I'm not going to put anybody in place that you will exalt over me. So we got to get us straight first. <laughs> <laughs> he's like once we got us straight and my place in your heart is secure then you can have a mentor same with a man he wouldn't give me a husband he was like you're not even faithful over um you're not faithful to me you darn sure ain't about to be faithful to a husband and he was right because I was adulterous in the first marriage don't worry guys it's in the book if you're clutching your pearls I've already told it <laughs> everybody knows it so you know he was like you're not even faithful so how are you trying to have a husband So I just love that. Who needs a mentor? That is so powerful. So sis, brother, if you're listening to this and you are a Christian, 
God will raise you up and he will stand you up. He will lead you. That's the Holy Spirit shop. And then he will send you that earthly mentor. But sometimes it's really about him securing his place in our heart. And so all oh, these are such good nuggets. So what's next? Um, this is one of my favorite scriptures, chapter seven, for such a time as this. Mm, tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> I referred to this scripture, meaning that he can still use you, right? Oh, that's so good. Yes, he can still use you. And I had a hard time, even though this is one of my favorite chapters, I had a hard time um, with this chapter because um, it goes back to, again, my insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no one in my family had a degree. No one um, no one wrote a book, right? Um, mm-hmm. No one wanted the same things I wanted. And I always felt like the oddball, the black sheep of the family, because I wanted more. I wanted to travel more. I wanted to uh, see things more. So when I was, when I, when I talked to my family, they couldn't, they couldn't understand where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was more, it's just something deep down in me. I knew I was more and I was made for such a time as this. So when I wrote the book and I was like, okay, God, now I'm putting it together. Now I see why you can use me. And some of our past hurts and pains, um, our mistakes, God can still use you. That's so beautiful. Works well with those who have broken the rules. <laughs> those who are, who has been crippled. You know, he works well with those. That's so awesome. I love that, <clears throat> you know, for those that may be listening, that they feel like the oddball out or nobody gets them, you know, misunderstood. That it's because God has given them a, a bigger vision, a place that's out. But I know sometimes people around us, around them, around you can be like, why can't you just be satisfied? Or you think you're better than everybody. You know, it almost comes across, it could come across like haughtiness. But it's like, no, God has just placed a bigger thing inside of you and you have to pursue that. Right. right. So were, did you ever experience any of those types of um people saying those types of things or was it just more that you kept it to yourself oh yes yes uh, when I moved out of Sanford they was like who are you <laughs> oh you going to the big city now yeah. <laughs> <Hot> city. <laughs> you know who are you you know who are you to do this who are you to start you know that business um my real estate business now to this day who are you to write this book who are you to you know uh go to this certain place and you don't have, I remember a girl saying, why are you going there? You don't have no family there. And I was just like, well, I'm exposing my daughter to something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, you know, that's how I felt about that. But again, when I go back to, he can still use you. And I want to go back to Esther because I love her. That's my best friend. And I don't think she know it. <laughs> my, my biblical BFF. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't have a mother or a father, you know. Mm. I didn't have a father, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that didn't stop God from using her, you know. Um, and it's so important that we recognize that. It's so beautiful. And, you know, when people say, who are you? You're a chosen daughter. Duh. That's I don't know if you say that to people, but <laughs> if you don't, I want you to start saying that. <laughs> I'm a chosen daughter. Hello. Do you, you don't have a book, do you? Because you would know that. <laughs> But I was going to say just with Esther, too, I love that because with Esther, just speaking about God's favor on your life, when Esther went in to be prepared to meet Xerxes, she went in with the concubines. Now, she was a virgin, but if he didn't choose them, 
they would have to remain as concubines for the rest of their life. They could never come out of that status. And so you just think about how when God's favor is on your life, he's not going to leave you in a status where you're less than or you're not chosen or you don't have favor. And I just thought that was so powerful when I saw that and when I studied that, that she could have been, you know, once she married him and was with him and they consummated the marriage, if he rejected her, she would end up staying in that rejected state unmarried forever and you know for the duration of her life mm-hmm. but because she was called of God because she was set apart yes she yes. was to be a queen and how I just look at how God orchestrated the events of her life like he's just was so you know concerned and something I mean just you saying this is so powerful when you think about what her life reflected and represented was she saved an entire nation and how your life your life Carmen your life, this book is speaking to an entire, going to save an entire nation, a whole kingdom of people. She saved an entire kingdom from being um, annihilated. Right, right. And by her other, one act of faith. And it's other women in the Bible. And that's the thing when you, mm-hmm. I use you, he go above and beyond. Nothing is, yes. nothing is ordinary with God, right? It's not. It's, it's an adventure. And you know, it's funny because my husband says, you know, God is always after the bigger thing. And, and he really, really is. Yes, he is. I love it. And so um, I just want to hit on this. This is not necessarily anything we have to talk a long about. But people always say the black sheep. I'm like, when did this black sheep become a <laughs> negative thing? I need to study that. Because the Bible, you know, we talked about the fact that we're sheep and he loves us and we are his sheep. It's like, when did the, is the black sheep, is that like an earth? I don't even know. Like, where in the Bible is the black sheep? <laughs> but, but, you know, David was the black sheep in his family, too, right? He was, was cast mm-hmm. out. And look, he he became a king. Hello? <laughs> okay, God's favorite. It's a man after God's own heart. So it's so funny. But I, I'm going to have to study that. Like, where did this whole black sheep business come <laughs> from? Because cause sheep are a blessing, to my knowledge, in Christ, you know. But that's so funny. So, okay, so... For such a time as this. So then what's next? What other gem of wisdom do you have for us out of chosen daughters? You are you were never fatherless. Um, chapter eight. Uh turn around and give God the glory. Mm. This is um when we finally have that encounter with him. And as we walk through our life and see the mistakes that we made and God how we just how we could have destroyed ourselves, right? And he mm-hmm. had an encounter with him and he changed us. Right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. He Jesus. changed us. And we no longer look the same. We have we have his identity. Um again, we're set apart now. Um we're chosen. You know, we have his heart, we have his mind. We're just not the same people anymore. So this what I mean, yeah. we just turn around and give him the glory for all of that. Because he, you know, it's I remember someone said that. You know, God don't let out everything that we done, right? He could because <laughs> if he put a light on that or slap that up on a screen, honey, a lot of us will have to go into hiding. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. So we even had to think him putting putting mm-hmm. crazy things. But yes. He is nothing like man. He is nothing mm-hmm. like man. And he he forever loves us. And then he'll give us a whole new life, even in the midst of all of our wretchedness. (laughs) He's such a wonderful God. And so where do we end? Like, what's the culminating chapter, if you will, 
um after we turn around and give God glory, then what? Um, last chapter, we reclaim who we are. I love that. Reclaim who we are. Yes, and this just means taking up identity, right? We now fully walking in him. We're we're not self anymore. We don't believe like the old self. We now have a new thinking where we're fully mm-hmm. walking in his confidence and his word. Amen. And tell us about it. You said we're taking on his identity or a new identity. We I said, didn't his make identity, sure I heard that his part. Identity take on his identity amen so what does that look like to take on christ's identity oh, in your opinion and not opinion but in your experience in my experience um i don't love the same you know like i used to um mm-hmm. i had a lot of anger you know um growing up because i didn't know why this happened or why why that didn't happen right mm-hmm. um, the flaws again that i had um me wanting more and me knowing that I can do more with him um, as a partner. Um, oh, what else? Um, giving more. Mm-hmm. Giving more. That's my number one thing is giving more and uh, having empathy for others, right? Um, Amen. But yes. Giving more would be mine because uh, Jesus Christ gave and gave until he couldn't give anymore. Um, yeah, even to his own life. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And that's what I choose to do now. That's so beautiful. You're so wonderful. <laughs> and you really are. God, she's such a beautiful person. And so we want um, my hope for today, my hope for the listeners and those that will um, come to this podcast is that they'll be blessed by what you've shared, but also they would connect with you. And so can you tell um, the listeners and those that will um, sit at your feet as they listen to this podcast, can you tell us um, where can they buy your book? Where can they purchase Chosen Daughters? You Were Never Fatherless. And where can they connect with you? Or how can they connect with you? You can connect with me on social media, uh, Instagram, chosen underscore daughters uh, is my handle. You can buy Chosen Daughters, uh, You Were Never Fatherless, on uh, Barnes & Noble uh, website and on Amazon. Okay, guys. And I will make sure, everyone, that I share these in the show notes. So I'll put all the links so you can connect and you can follow and you can help support by purchasing Carmen's book. Carmen, is there anything else that you want to leave with our readers that, that you want to share that you maybe haven't touched on yet? I do. And let me find it. Um, last but not least guys thank you for hearing my story Um, and I have more to tell and I do have another book coming out so I'm grateful for that but the last thing I want to share with you is know that you're chosen know that you're here for such a time as this and do not doubt anymore going forward what God has for you to do to God be the glory. Thank you so much. That is a powerful word. And I will tuck that in my heart, but I want you to repeat it so that they can, you know, write it, but also they can get it in their spirit. Can you share that just one more yes, time? Yes. Know that you're chosen. Okay. Know that you're here for such a time as this. And do not doubt anymore going forward what God has called you to do. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you so much. God bless you. We just um, speak blessings over your life. 
I just prophesied that um, your book will be a bestseller and it will um, be a, a best blessing. And when I say bestseller, not just for the numbers, but that implies and denotes the number of people that will yeah. read that living yeah. word and they will hold it in their hand in Jesus name. So we prophesy that to you. We ask that God would touch you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet and that he would bless you a thousand fold according to Deuteronomy 111 as it was unto your forefathers, that God will give you utterance and um, that your tongue will be the pen of a ready writer as you speak, as you prophesy, as you minister, and as you write this next book. And so we just thank you so much. And we ask God to bless your real estate transactions, um, that you will have godly, wonderful people that you work with, and your closings will go through without hindrance, fill, or delay in Jesus' thank name. You. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're honored. And we'll talk to you soon, okay? okay bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.